What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. up everybody welcome into another episode of speedway soccer uh season preview uh third season in mls and third fourth have i already screwed up yeah this is the fourth this season fir- we're gonna leave this in guys because we are getting off to a perfect davy shepherd start full shepherd baby last full shepherd we're back we're ready to go uh, I am in midseason form already, clearly. Uh, no, listen, guys. Um, I, I, I'm excited to talk the Nashville season preview because I feel like for the first time, and Ben, I think you touched on this in a piece a few weeks ago, um, the story of the season for Nashville SC is now entirely dedicated to the product on the field. Uh, and I don't know that that's been the case yet for the team, um, it's always been another thing down the line. Uh, and there's, we're out of things down the line now. Like they're in the stadium, the team's in MLS. It is full tilt, just about product on the field. And I think maybe there's more question marks than there ever has been. So I'm excited to get into it. Um, first off, uh, Davey Shepard here, joined by Ben Wright, Chris Ivey, Jonathan Slate. Guys, good to see you all. It's been a while since we've done this in this format. Um, and I'm excited. Uh, looking forward to the season. How's everybody been? Good. Great. Just, uh, playing a little bit under the weather tonight, but uh, gonna gonna make it through after the uh, the she believes game in uh, Nashville. Oh, that's State. what the voice has gone from the game. The ga- That's what the voice okay. has gone from, there you from go. the game. I miss. I was out of town in school, so that's I was. I should have figured that's what it was. Uh, it looked like a one one zero result, right? One nothing. One nothing result. Good. Good crowd. Uh, but yeah, one nothing. Yeah, I saw it was like almost nine thousand people more than Orlando had, right? Yeah, and it'll actually like twenty five and change. Yeah. Twenty five and change. It'll probably be more than Orlando and Dallas combined. Hey, I think pretty compelling case there for uh, NWSL team in the city of now. I, I don't. I mean, I know it's just a one off thing, but we use those same one off things when we were trying to say, "Hey, we deserve an MLS club in this city." So I will stand by that logic. I think that's really, really impressive um, and a perfect venue for it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a good point, Slate. We'll touch on that here in a little bit, uh, guys. Uh, okay, like I said, Nashville SC heads into season four. Um, coming off of a season that, well, I guess that's just a first, let's start with that. Did 2022 
end as a disappointing season for Nashville SC? Let's start there, okay? That's not on the, the run sheet. I think it did. I think that is a disappointment. Um, I think the losing first round of the playoffs was an undersell for a team that had two-time defender of the year and the reigning, uh, who was named the MVP of last season on the roster. I think that's a disappointing season. Um, the classic line from Gary Smith uh, amidst a bad run of bad form in the season was, um, you know, to get this team to the playoffs would be the greatest thing that they ever accomplished. I never accepted that line. Um, I think later he tried to even double down on that and say, you know, if we weren't appreciating the difficulty of the task at hand. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I was, and I just think they didn't meet the the proper kind of level. So I, I'll throw that out to you guys. What was 2022 a disappointment for Nashville SC? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I think that we saw – I mean, it was a great season for Hani. Uh, I mean, to put in a, an MVP season um, and like the t- two back-to-back seasons, probably the best we've ever seen uh, from a number 10 in this league. And then to follow it up, like the thing was with the playoff game is we weren't even comp- – like I never felt that we were actually competitive at any point during that Galaxy game. And I don't feel that the Galaxy were very good. So, yeah, coming out of the playoffs, like I don't feel like it was a success last season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Here, Chris, you take this. I want to hear what you say. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a slight disappointment. I think if we were one point better and sitting with a home playoff game, I think the feelings coming into 2023 would be a lot different. And part of it was just kind of preseason expectations last year. Nashville was a trendy pick to win the Western Conference or, you know, finish at least maybe second or third. So it feel, felt like a disappointment to that. But, I mean, it's like I said, it, you do get one more point somewhere along the way and you're hosting the Galaxy instead of traveling to L.A., and it feels a lot better. Yeah, I, I think it was somewhat disappointing. I don't think it was like a full-blown failure. Um, I don't think it should have been a surprise either. Like midseason, anybody could have seen that that Hani Mukhtar was kind of was essentially carrying the team. I mean, Dax McCarty said as much. Um he he got absolutely no help um, in the final third. I don't think it was a surprise to kind of see that run out. There there were always going to be a game or two where he had he had a quiet night and got shut down. And I mean that was the case last year, and it looks like it's going to be the case against this year. If Hani Mukhtar gets shut down, Nashville gets shut down. Um, I think that's what you saw against the Galaxy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it was it was a mixed bag. I don't. I'm not going to say it was a full blown disappointment, but I think there were some clear weaknesses in the team last year. Yeah, I think that's right, Ben. I think um, the very, very good way of putting it and that what you saw in LA, the the playoff game against LA was the season in a nutshell. Uh, Hani Mukhtar, the team's best player, couldn't do it all all season. I think he comes as close as, to being able to do it all as anyone in this league. Um, but that isn't enough. We saw that against LA Galaxy. So, yeah, I think slight disappointment is probably the best way of putting it. Um, I think home playoff game was the bar for me last year. Like Chris said, one point. You need one point. Um, and what I think they lost three games to Houston last year, right? Uh, so just like uh, kind of that that trio alone uh, is pretty shocking um, that you don't pull off a result somewhere. Or even that, Van- that Vancouver game where you give up a late goal for a draw, I want to say, in the, so the 88th minute. Um, you're up at home, or the Portland game where you're up two nothing. Yeah, at home. 
Yeah, and I think that's a story, right? You're in the season. Uh, you're, you're in the new stadium. They did the work on that road trip to start it and just weren't able to be the team that they had been at home at Nissan Stadium. So that's something I look forward to this season, seeing what the identity is at home for this club. Um, we're not going to hear about turning Ake Loba loose once they get back home. That's not a storyline anymore this season. Um, I don't know why it ever was, but it was. Um, so, yeah, we'll see uh, what the team looks like. Um, I guess turning to 2023, Ben, let's start with this. I, I'm going to go out of order here. I'll, I'll pitch it to you and Chris. Let's talk transfers. You you noted, Ben, um, Hani Mukhtar had to do it all by himself, didn't have any help in the final third. Is there help in the final third now? Like, uh, I, I mean, I know we're playing two true wingers for the first time ever. Is that enough? Um, there is help. I don't know if it's going to be enough. I think Fafa Pico is a really, a really interesting signing. I mean, he was a guy that Nashville tried to bring in last year. They were close to getting him in, in the, in the summer transfer window. And I, I think he would have helped them down the stretch for sure. Um, he's not necessarily a, a, a super consistent high scorer in MLS, but I think he kind of adds more of a threat than we've, than we've seen from them before. Um, so I think he'll pitch in and help. I think Jacob Schaffelberg was really good last year. Um, and I think he's still a young player who he'll, he'll improve. I think a full season of, of Shaq Moore will, will help as well because for all the defensive work he does, he really does offer a lot in the final third. Um, and that was a huge selling point for bringing him in. Okay. We're going to, we're going to upgrade from Alistair Johnston in, in the final third and get a elite crosser of the ball. And I think you saw that in flashes last year, but uh, I mean, I think that the goal is for a full season that he'll really get to show it. So I think they've added a couple pieces. But overall, I mean, we've been saying DP striker, DP striker for two years at this point. And, and that feels like the big missing piece. Um, and then the other question is if the if the midfield can not just maintain their level from last year, but improve a position that kind of needed to be improved with without actually adding pieces to it. Um, so I, I think... They've added a, a few pieces, like I said, that'll help, but I'm not sure it's enough to to really overhaul this roster and and take the team to the next level. And I think you 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 have this potential with Hani Mukhtar and Walker Zimmerman and, and Shaq Moore and these guys, but without adding pieces that'll really take it forward a step, I'm I'm not sure that we're going to see a whole lot different this year. Yeah, I think with Fafa, I mean, the one thing that I keep going back to is he's a good player, but I think his impact in Nashville could be greater than what his talent may suggest. Um, for Nashville to score, it's never been, you know, we're going to outpossess teams and, you know, tiki-taka them into a goal. It's either been set pieces or quick counterattacks. And that's what Fafa's going to bring is that speed element on whichever side he's playing between him and Schaffelberg and hopefully running downhill kind of helps Randall lay all as well. So yeah, he's a decent ad, but I think it's going to fit how Nashville scores goals. And the best way to do that is, you know, verticality and score quickly and get up and down the pitch quickly. The rest of the transfers this year, I mean, a lot of it, there's been a lot of movement on the back end of the roster, but that's really more for Huntsville city. So as far as the actual impact that we see, on the senior roster. I mean, it really is just Fafa and then confirming the um, transfer of Jacob Schaffelberg. Other than that, they've been pretty quiet this window. 
Yeah, the last thing that I'll add on uh, Pico is just the fact that you know his talents are like what he was, what he is known for in the league is the fact that he's you know widely considered one of the best defensive wingers um, in the league, and, and you saw that a lot in Houston. Uh, and then I mean, he's only scored. I like I like him as a player, and I think he's going to add some things to Nashville's attack. But like he's only scored double digit goals twice in his career. Um, but it does make sense that Nashville would go out and add a defensive winger. Uh, so, so looking at that, what, what's the biggest hole in the roster that you guys see? Ben, I'll start with you again. Um, I, I, if I'm not correct, what I would say, there is no backup right back currently, correct? Uh, it's Shaq Moore and then Alex Muiel played a large portion of the preseason there, right? Yeah. Um, it seems like Gary has really liked him from what, from the press conferences at, at right back. I mean, he, he scored two goals against Cincinnati and I'm assuming, I mean, obviously no one has seen anything, but it sounded like it was from that right back position. It, it kind of makes sense. I mean, we saw him there right wing back last year when they were in a back three, he is much more of a defensive two way winger. So I think it kind of makes sense for him to maybe evolve into that role long-term. Um, also from Ben Martino, the, their third string goalkeeper, he posted a, a group photo on Instagram, and it sure looked like Eric Miller was was in it. Um, he's still a free agent, hasn't been re-signed. I think, I mean, I know, I, I think fans are a bit ridiculous for, for how much they dislike him, but he was a, a really serviceable player for Nashville for three years. Doesn't cost a lot of money, fits in the system easily. He can play anywhere across the back line. He hasn't been re-signed. I would I would be surprised at this point if Nashville don't bring him back. That I mean, and that's not any inside info. That's just kind of speculation. And obviously, there's a need there. I want so him back just so I can tweet EM15 more. Um, but that's redemption just, season, yeah, me personally. So, uh, but no, I I agree. Like, if you've got the roster spot, why not? I mean, it's just security, right? Like, I I don't. I'm with you 100 percent on that. I mean, um, I think it would, it'd be borderline negligent not to. Like not to resign him, I think if he's just with the depth that you have, right? Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, let me ask a question. Uh, I'll pitch it Chris's way first. Uh, how does Randall all get into this eleven at any point this season? How does he contribute to this team if he's not in the eleven? Uh, I think I have been banging the. Can we see this guy at eight drum going on? As I've learned in the show open four seasons now. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be the starting right winger day one on Saturday. And Gary was asked about it in one of the preseason press conferences, and he was pretty adamant that Randall Ayal is still a starter for this team. Does that mean he starts every game? Probably not. I think with Fafa and Schaffelberg, you've got two guys who can play on both sides as well. And in that case, you can kind of move Layal around. I mean, whether it's, you know, you have the ball a little bit more and you want to try him out as a central midfielder that I think we've all kind of danced around thinking that he would be a good fit there or even uh you know if you need to spell honey for a, a little bit i'd love to see him in that spot too i think he's just a really versatile player so i i have no worries as long as he's healthy that he'll find ways to contribute and start a decent number of matches yeah i asked gary about that after their last preseason preseason game i mean he he played in the honey Mukhtar role because Mukhtar hasn't played in preseason for the last, I think two or three, two or three games. Um, so I, I, I asked Gary if with the additional winger depth, if, if he sees a role for Leal kind of more centrally. Um, and he, I mean, he talked about how that's where he plays for Costa Rica and that he played him kind of in a more central role late in games when they, when they were at home and 
either looking for an equalizer or an extra goal. Um, but he he seemed really open to the idea of playing him there more than we've seen in the past. I think it would make a lot of sense with Pico and, and Schaffelberg, both starting quality wingers. You don't really have more of like a, a dynamic box-to-box eight who can really play line-breaking passes other than McCarty, and he's 37. And I don't think you can count on him to do that consistently this season. Um, I think it would be really interesting if we could see more of Leal and Davis together in midfield. Davis obviously can just kind of chew up ground, play more of the defensive role, and, and let Leal do his thing and, and go forward. I think that would just give them another a, another look that we haven't seen before, and it would answer a lot of the questions because we've been talking about, okay, this midfield is aging. There's not really... There, there are a lot of similar profiles in in midfield. There's not really a, a different, like more attack-minded midfield, and I think maybe Lyle could be that without having to go out in the transfer market. Yeah, Slape says, let's not rush to... Isn't he 35, Dax? He's not 37, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, he's 35. We're the same age, and that's why okay, I'm like, let, let's, not, okay. let's, not, let's not rush his age here <laughs> as, yeah. someone who's the, as someone who's the same age. <laughs> um, no, I, that's, my, that's my main question. I mean, I... I think a lot of people, if you're not going to say Walker Zimmerman or Hani Mukhtar, I think Randall's probably the the next person that people would say is like the next list on the fan favorites. Um, maybe Dax. I, I don't know. I think he's one of the guys that's up there. Um, and so that that's just an interesting thought for me. I also, Chris, think it's interesting that you say you think Randall's day one starter going to get a lot of matches at wing, but also your answer was Fafa for uh, he's the biggest improvement on the front, you know, the final. So it's like, okay, so this guy – we think is going to be the biggest improvement we've made in the final third, but also we're going to keep him off the field a fair bit to keep rent. I, I just think it's, Oh, sorry. Am I misspeaking Chris? Well, I mean, I, I think what we've seen in preseason is that Gary's going to kind of a four, four, two, where you're going to have two wingers. So I think in that case, what I would expect to see in this first match is probably Fafa on the left as one of those wingers and then Leal on the right. And then throughout the year, I mean, Schaffelberg will get starts. Fafa can move over over to the right as well. Um, but I, if I had to guess Saturday, it's going to be that four four two, Fafa on the left, Leal on the right. With Schaffelberg missing out. Yeah, with yeah. Schaffelberg. Okay, good, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, Let's sorry. not play down the idea that, that Mukhtar might miss the game altogether. That <laughs> not even seems to be a fairly high likelihood, not to be a bummer, but uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, question here. Just general vibes-based answers. Uh, I'll start with Slate this time. Uh, optimistic, pessimistic, heading into the 2023 season. I would say that I'm more on the pessimistic side. I That's just, weird I, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's the fact of, like, if Hani Mukhtar even has a great season and not an incredible season... I think there's going to be a big regression. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, unless, you know, we said, we've said this multiple times, but unless there is a DP striker that is brought in in the summer transfer window and they're at, they, well, they first they have to move Loba or they go use the U22 spot that is just sitting open um, that they could, you know, kind of address this issue. I, I've, I'm probably I feel like out of our group, I'm probably the most down on them going into this season. Chris. I would have said pessimistic, but looking at the predictions from everybody else and those nationally, I, I guess I have to qualify myself as, as an optimist because I have them finishing fifth 
in the East. I mean, yeah, is there a chance that they could fall and tumble quite a bit down if Mukhtar isn't playing at an elite level? Yeah. Um, or, you know, injuries derail anything. But with the team being relatively constant, we've seen a pretty high floor from this team throughout their time in MLS. I've got to imagine that there's going to be at least a couple moves in the summer. I would be shocked if there weren't. So, you know, you factor that in that it may add some points here and there, but I think they finished kind of similar position where they did last year, where you're not going to get a home playoff match, but you're not that far off from it either. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I think they'll probably be a little bit worse than they were last year, just simply because I think they're going to mostly stay the same. And I, I, I rate Mukhtar obviously super highly, but it's hard to have a 23 goal, 11 assist season back to back. And even if, even if he drops down slightly, like Slate said, it just lowers the, the output of the entire team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they have a relatively high floor. I mean, they still have Zimmerman who was a starter at the world cup. Jack Mayer, I think has been like deserving of more playing time for a while. So I think their defense is going to be as good as ever. And I think a full season of Shaq Moore will, will help that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think they'll be okay. They'll get into the playoffs. They, they're probably not going to challenge for supporter shield, but I think this team is, is consistent. And as far as home playoff games go, I mean, it seems like the top 12 teams in each conference are going to get a home playoff game. So uh, I who knows what the format's going to be, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think they'll be fine in the regular season and then, and then playoffs are kind of a crapshoot at this point. I just would have liked to see them kind of take advantage of this window that they have with a like defender of the year caliber guy and Walker Zimmerman and one of the best attackers that the league has seen in the last five years and, and really go all out and, and try to win now. And I, I think it's just a little bit disappointing to see them so far be content for kind of just more of the same. Yeah, I think that's where my pessimism comes in with this is that I think that they have a lot of the pieces and I don't think they're very far off from being able to, you know, to truly be elite. And I mean, what I would guess, you say? Two two pieces like midfielder I mean, and a striker? I, I, yeah, I think if you add a, add a striker and add a midfielder, that's not a box to box guy, uh, just like, you know, a creative midfielder. And like, I think that's, you know, really sets them apart, but like, and it you can be done quickly. Like, look, let's look at Cincinnati. The fact that they went from being the worst team that MLS has ever seen to, I, I mean, I have them finishing, I think, se- second or third in the Eastern Conference this year. Well, and it's not like Nashville don't have, like, the ability to make these moves. They have an open U22 slot. You can sign non-DP players on, on TAM-level deals. I mean, we, we see these from other teams. All I mean, Charlotte has made a ton of these moves in the offseason. Orlando has made a bunch of them. Portland makes them all the time. I mean, there are teams in MLS who don't necessarily spend at the top of the table, but still make pretty ambitious Sporting moves. Can- Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt that they will make moves in the summer because just looking at the roster right now, and it, it just seems like, how would you not? And... I, I just would have liked to see them come earlier and get a full season. So here's my thought. And I, I think I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic or optimistic. I'm, I'm pretty much right down the middle. I think we're, they're going to be a lot like what we saw last year, which felt like a disappointment to me last year. So maybe pessimistic is the better way of saying it. I had them finishing sixth in the East. Um, 
So, yeah, right there fighting around a home playoff game, I think, again. Uh, Here's my question, and this is, I think, going to sound ultra-critical. I'm not certain that the general manager can scout and find the center forward that we all desire. Uh, I think he's taken some big swings at it. I think John Cadiz was was a big signing. Uh, I mean, it was like almost $2 million, right? Like, that's not nothing to sneeze at in this league. That's the same amount of money they paid for Hani Mukhtar, the best player in the league right now. Uh, that should be able to find you a productive forward. Um, and then he spent paid seven million. You spent one point eight on Pinheiro too. Yeah. So now again, not a forward in Pinheiro, but look, I, like I just got to see it. I got to see it. I think he's really good at finding guys who you know the whole value the undervalued thing. I think CJ Sapong served a purpose. Uh, I think Teal Bunbury, when good, serves that exact same purpose as CJ Sapong. I don't understand how this team heads into this season with those two guys leading the line. I just don't get it. Um, and it doesn't help me that Ake Loba goes to being a contributor back at Mazatlan right away. So, um, the only I don't thing know. I'll say to that is Mazatlan would get stomped every week in MLS. But he's scoring he's goals. Getting on, he's getting he's on scoring the goals, man. I mean, I don't, no, I don't know what to I, say. I like, I'm, I'm just saying it's not necessarily an Apple. I, I've seen a lot of this isn't in response to you so much is it's a lot of people are I've seen on Twitter. It's like, look, he's he's automatically gone and he's scoring in Liga MX, which is a better league than MLS. So he's playing at a high, higher level than Nashville. And I mean, he's playing for a team that is like, I think they would struggle in USL at this point. They're like, it is. But hard isn't to that more impressive, though? If Maybe he's be, if he's being able to score those goals for a team that is that bad, in I, don't, I, have, I just have I have mixed thoughts about him because I've watched every game he's played so far, and I would have trouble telling you one thing that he does well on the field. He's he's scored a handful of scrappy goals, but he's contributing I mean, something. Something our starting forward didn't do last year, right? No, from, yeah. from May. Uh, I mean, I, I think maybe this is getting to Davy's point more, like. Was he just, was he not, this is the big question that will never, like never, never be answered. Was he not given enough of a chance or was he just a terrible player who shouldn't have been signed in the first place? And the second one is worse. Right. The second one is a worse indictment on the general manager. So that that's, I, I don't know. That's where I struggle with it. Chris, I think you've got a thought. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, the biggest issue, and I know I've mentioned it before, there's, probably a pretty decent player there in Loba. The issue I have with whether it's Jacobs or Gary Smith was that there was obviously a disconnect of what the player profile looks for a number nine in Gary Smith's system. He saw Loba as playing that Hani Mukhtar role. Obviously that was already filled by the league MVP. So it was never going to address the nine. So those two need to get on the same page for they're going to go get some striker. I'm sure this summer get on the same page, find that target nine that fits the system. And, and I'm hoping to God, and, and, and I'm, and I honestly think they will <laughs> find somebody that fits and works for that position. I have, I have two quick thoughts. Like Chris said, just he, he's not a nine in Gary system and, and he never was. And I think it was a little bit crazy to think he could play there, but also like, you can adapt like you can figure out a way to get him on the field and kind of create a role for him. So I, it's not, I don't know. I like just, you start playing a system with basically a second striker and he can't even be that guy. You know what I mean? Like it, it right. was like, I, I don't I mean, know. I, I feel like there, nobody is blameless in this. Yeah. The right. other thing is I still think Jandra Cadiz 
like fit Nashville perfectly. And I, I mean, there's part of me that thinks if they could have like got him on a high ham deal instead of a DP deal, he would be the starting striker right now. And we wouldn't even be having these conversations. I, I still think if the Venezuela fiasco doesn't happen, he's right. he's the starting striker for this team. I, I was, really do think there was some bad luck and bad timing. Yeah, there. bad luck and bad timing. But again, who didn't come off all the time either? Jonder, there was a lot of like fans questioning the effort and stuff like that, which I thought was unfair. I thought some guys just have that style. You know what I mean? Where it looks he like they aren't more trying. Than Loba did. He scored more than Loba did, right? So. um yeah, I, look, that's the question mark for me. Um, I, I don't think I'm pessimistic. I think, yeah, you're right. If Hani drops off to not even uh, just anything that isn't superhuman, this team looks a lot different. I still think that team probably gets to the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, here's, here's I'm, I'm interested. How much, how much does all this change if they go out and spend another five, six million in the summer on a striker? Well, I'll answer that with this. Uh, can that guy will he be given a chance play this season? Can he play now? Because that change, I mean, if it's quote like how many times do we well, this is really a signing for next. It's really a signing for the following season. And it's like that isn't it. Like you got to win now. And so it depends for me. I mean, if it's a guy who can come in and contribute, Shaq Moore came in and played damn near right away uh and made an impact. So if it's a guy who can come in and give you real minutes, sure. That it, the whole conversation changes. I think I don't think they go up to competing for, you know, supporter shield or anything like no, that. I think, but I, I think, think they, they go from been, six to third, maybe or fourth. I think I think the thing though, like Slape was saying, they're close enough. Like they're probably a striker away and figuring out a way to get creative with midfield from being one of those top teams. And I think the winner doing it in the summer just leaves it too late. And I think that's the frustrating part. I mean, you got to clear a spot, right? Like you've got to sell Loba to, to get the spot. So I mean, you could have bought him out though. Yeah. Yeah. You could have, you can't now though. Right. I mean, so now it's, now you're stuck with it. You got to move them. So I mean, I get the idea that it's easier to find like the top, the top level strikers in the summer window. Sure. But like, I, I yeah, still struggle with going going into a season with CJ Sapong and Teal Bunbury and Ethan Zubak as your options. And nothing again. I think yeah. Bunbury and Sapong are still both solid MLS forwards. I just don't think either one of them should have to be the, the number one option for a team who's like saying they're competing for MLS Cup. I'll say this. I think expectations are exactly where Gary Smith wants them. I think Gary Smith is loving the national outlook on this team right now and is going to surprise people. I think you'll see them win more big games this season than you did last season. Now, will they still drop stupid points to stupid clubs? Absolutely. Um, but we've seen that every season from a Gary Smith. I, I mean, all the way back to USL season one, you've seen this team lose games they shouldn't lose. So, But I mean, uh, here's how much how – much- an impact would it have for the fans if they just win a couple big games at home? I mean, because that was Huge. that was such an issue last year. I mean, it, it felt like all of their best, most of their best performances came on the road, and like all, almost like the entire fan base was missing out on them. I mean, probably the two best moments at home last season. The one is the Open Cup win over Atlanta, um, mm. and then I would say probably the Austin win, the two nothing Austin win at home, and so or three one whatever it was. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was the one where Mukhtar kind of moved ahead of Drizzy for yeah, MVP. Yeah, that was the on. But like game. nights like that are the like what 
kind of make it a team almost not to sound like hyperbolic, but like, that's what gets the fan base going like wins like that kind of, you see them like teams go on hot streaks after that. And I just think you didn't have those last year or they were away from home. And for a team that has really struggled to win consistently at home, like how big would it be to just go out and beat NYCFC? And I know it's not the same NYCFC team as they've been for the past five years, but still, I mean, it's, it's a team that Nashville, have kind of had bad blood against in the past. I mean, just winning off the bat, I think changes a lot of things because I agree. I mean, I think the fan base overall right now is pretty pessimistic. I, I, I think that can change quickly though. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you kind of touched on like the wins at home. And I think that, and Davey talked about it to start the season. Like this is the first season where everything is about the results on the field going into this season. And we know Nashville is a town too, that likes the new and shiny and like they need to get those big wins at home um, because you, you've built the largest soccer specific stadium in the country. And like, how quickly does that start to feel stale for the people in this city where you're the third biggest sports team? I mean, I think the Preds of the storyline five years ago, it's, Look at this hockey yeah. town. They're selling out Broadway to, you know, it's totally packed. You can't move downtown. And uh, now it, the, it, the, it's a tomb, the stadium. It is a tomb. Uh, and I would argue half the people there are tourists. So, yeah, you got to stay relevant. You got to be good. Um, guys, I think we set the over under at 50 and a half. Uh, 50 and a half would have been, I think, fourth in the East last year. We had fifty points. Oh no, we had fifty last. No, we had fifty oh, yeah. last year. No, 50, 50, 50 points, fifty-two goals. Sorry, Four, forty-nine was fifth last year uh, in the East. Fifty-three was fourth. So this would put you somewhere right around where we've all said. Um, I'll take the over. I'll take the over on fifty and a half. I think the the Eastern Conference is going to be good. I think you'll see some good teams come out of it. So uh, yeah, I, I don't fifty-two points. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, I'll go over two. I mean, I'm not going to make excuses for them last year, but not having a bunch of travel to the West Coast, it it is a factor. So yeah, I I don't think it's going to be 60, but I'll take the over on 50. Your guys' math is way off. Like, if you look back at MLS, like 51 gets you to usually that fourth place line most years. And Nashville had 50 points last year and finished fifth. So if you go back and like, I know, Davey, you had mentioned earlier that you had them finishing sixth in the East. It's going to put you more at 48, 49. So that for that reason, I have them at fifth. I have them as a very slight under at 48, 49 points. I thought I was going to be the only one that was going to take them at the under, but uh, I'm going under as have well. Have you ever taken the over? No, I, I, and most things, life is too short to bet the under. You always bet the over. You don't want to be watching a game and being like, oh, man, I don't want this team to score more points. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So, uh, okay. All right, guys. Looking through uh, just a little bit of things for Nashville. Uh, We've got a few things here. Best strength of team. Big. Let's get this out of the way, right? The strength of the team is the defending MVP, Hani Mukhtar, right? Like that that's the number one thing the club has going for them right now. Um, I, I would say also, I think they have just straight up one of the best back fours in MLS. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I, that's been close to the case the whole time they've been in MLS. Um, let me ask you a Hani Mukhtar question. If he puts up, we're all basically saying 
he can't keep up this pace that he's had the last two seasons. I think he should have been the MVP two years in a row, okay? I, I've been pretty firm on that. I think he got robbed two years ago. He won last year. Um, if he puts it up, like, are, is he entering, like, all-time great in the yeah. league conversation? Yeah. We've seen players do it two seasons in a row. No one's done it three. The, the thing is, I mean, with Driussi, I mean, I, I just went back and looked at the numbers. I'm doing a piece for American Soccer Analysis, kind of looking at Nashville. Driussi just way overperformed his like underlying numbers last year. Mukhtar has been pretty consistently on par with those for the past two seasons, season and a half. I mean, he's one of the most like high-volume shooters in MLS. He's he still gets in good spots on the ball, even though every team knows he's the only threat for Nashville. I mean, so I, I don't think it's crazy at all to think he gets another 18, 20 goals this season. Um, I, I'm more meant I would be surprised if he wins MVP again because it feels like it's always a narrative-based thing. And if, if Nashville is kind of in the fourth, fifth, sixth range, I think it's going to go to someone else. But I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's not that far off from his numbers that we saw last year. I just think even if he scores three goals less than he did last year. I mean, I don't know who else is going to pick those goals up for Nashville right now. I, I think that's a good thought. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, the guy's just been a superhuman. I think when we saw him early in that first preseason, we all thought this guy can be a really good player in this league. Um, and he's just smashed expectations, national outlets. What I think he's really kind of shamed what the national opinion of him was in the first season first couple of months of that first season i think he's evolved a good bit too i mean i went back on on apple tv and and went back and watched that first game against atlanta and just it it feels like the way he plays now and kind of his role in the team has completely changed i mean and some of that's down to form but i mean i I remember that i I think it was the tennessee and the interview where they talked about steve guppy showing him videos of jamie vardy and wanting him to play like that i mean who would when he first started playing for nashville i mean before COVID, who would have thought that's that's where he ended up? I mean, I, I think there's been a good bit of like adaptation on his part. I mean, yeah, but I mean that's a credit a, to him as a player, right? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Slate. I was saying he played as an eight at times for Bromby. Like he is evol- he's evolved so much as a player. He's not even I wouldn't even call him a ten anymore. He's he's a second striker. He's yeah. a, he's a forward. Guys, bold predictions for the season. I think we are all maybe a little bit scattered here. Ben, I'm going to put you on the spot and start with you. I'm trying to remember what I did in our document. I think I put that Nashville will score less goals than they did last year. Total, uh, which was 52. And now after we're talking about that, I'm not sure I want to stick with that, but that's what that's what I had on our official preview. So let's just go with that. Slight. I had Fafa Pico as a uh, double-digit goal scorer. Like it? Chris? Yeah, I had them making a deep run in League's Cup. So they get all home matches in their group against Toluca and the Colorado Rapids. Um, Toluca's a good side. They're not one of the, the greats of Liga MX, so it's certainly a, a winnable match. Um, you go from there, and then you may still be drawing home games for a you know, round or two after that. So that's what I've got. It would come in August. So conceivably you've had a chance to maybe address some weaknesses in the summer window by that point. So I think they're, they're primed to make uh, at least a run in that league cup. They get a revenge match against Mazatlan. Yeah, there you go. That would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, no, I, yeah, I have a, I have a deep cup run of some sort. That was kind of my thought as well. 
And without knowing what the format of the playoff is going to be, which is kind of wild, by the way, that at the start of a season, you don't actually know the format. of. I think maybe the way this team has been built goes out the window a bit, because I think we've kind of been saying for years, hey, this team could do damage in a knockout tournament. But if it's no longer just a straight up knockout tournament and there's some group play involved, I, I really think the whole thing is kind of turned on its head as far as the construction of the roster of Nashville Soccer Club. Now, I think you'd get pushback from the front office on saying, oh, they're just built to be a team who could do damage in a knockout, you know, stingy defense, whatever. But I think we've seen the reality of it. So, um, I mean, Phil Neville absolutely went off in his interview with The Athletic just saying he doesn't know a professional league around the world that would not have their playoff format set up with less than a week to go. I mean, he's he's absolutely right. It, MLS talks about wanting to be like a top five league in the world within the next handful of years and being a league of choice. And they every two years, they completely change the format of the entire league and don't tell yeah. you about it until a couple of days before. I mean, it's just so unprofessional and needless and like undoes any traction that they gain with the fans. Like, no one's going to buy into MLS if, if the entire thing changes every handful of years. The the worst part about it, too, is that I felt like they finally got the playoffs right. Right. After all the years of the, you know, the two-legged ties where it, it just kind of dragged on, you, you have playoffs that emphasize how well you do in the regular season because you get that home match, you don't have to travel on the road. And we've seen it the last couple of years, at least and especially last year, where the top seeds are the ones advancing. They are rewarded for their play in the regular season. And then you get these super exciting, compelling playoff matches. I've loved the last couple of years of MLS playoffs. And if they go to this whole, you know, 10 teams get in and three games opening series in that first round, it just it feels like it's diluting what had turned out to be a pretty good system. I mean, well, it's not, it's it's not even diluting to... it. It's just like throwing it out the window. You don't even need to be good in the regular season to get in. You just need to well, not suck. It's all down to the Apple playoff format. Like it, the the TV deal stipulates that they are required to have X number of games and X number of playoff games. And as a part of that, they have to now figure out how they're going to fit in those extra games. No, granted, they could add a few more regular season games because you don't play everybody. Um, but yeah, it's all down to the, the new Apple TV deal while they're having to change what I thought when I agree with you, Chris, was one of the best playoff formats. The best one that MLS has had in their you know years of existence. Guys. Nailing down on Nashville SC, this will be my last question. We've talked about our concerns. We've talked about strength. Uh, what is success? What's the barrier here? Um, we said we thought last year was a slight disappointment. What's going to come away this season you aren't disappointed? Uh, for me, it's the same bar. I'm saying home playoff game. Um, I think if you can do that, you have succeeded this season. You have exceeded my expectations for the club. Um, I think they'll finish a little bit below that line. Um, but like we've seen so many years last year, like Chris pointed out, it was literally a point. It's a nice edge, you know? So, um, I think you could be in the running for a home playoff game. So I'm, I'm putting that line out there again. I think top three in some kind of silverware, not, not necessarily MLS, MLS cup, but I mean, you saw what it did for what Orlando did last year going on a U.S. open cup run and how it kind of changed the way that at least the the city talks about the team. So I, I think something like that, whether it's open cup or, or leagues cup for Nashville, but yeah, I mean, finishing in, in third in the Eastern conference would be 
massive, in my opinion. Yeah, for me, I think it's, it's take what Davy or take what Ben said, and from change it from an and to an or. So for me, it's get a home playoff game or win a trophy. Because if they finish sixth or seventh, and you win a U.S. Open Cup or you win, yeah, the you're East right. Cup, hell, I don't care. Like at that, yeah, point, right. Bang my microphone. Can I change? Like, give me the trophy. Said. I'll, I'll change <laughs> yeah. mine to agree with Chris. That's good. I, I think that's yeah. That anyway. I think that's good. Yeah, I. Mine was very similar. Now, do you feel like I need to edit what I say? Because thinking through of it in the playoff format where everyone would play at home, saying that you have a home playoff <laughs> game really takes away. It lowers the, the bar a lot. It lowers the bar a lot. Um, I mean, I, I think a f- making a final in Open Cup or Leagues Cup, preferably Open Cup, um, is a success for this team. Leagues Cup. I'm taking Leagues Cup is a fake is a fake is a fake <laughs> cash grab of a tournament. Um and I refuse to acknowledge its existence. It it may be a fake cash grab of a tournament, but that's gonna matter so much more to soccer fans living in America who watch Liga MX in droves and droves, seeing a team. I don't in their want home your market. logic. <laughs> their teams from Mexico. That I, honestly, that would do more for Nashville in capturing hearts and minds than in the U.S. Open. Cup. But hey, if you win the U.S. Open Cup, then you'll have to tell Rob McElhenney that hey, we do actually have a version of this over here. Uh, we're not going there, man. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> nope. As a, as a supporter of a team who got knocked out by Wrexham, uh, this is a really sore subject. Judging from Twitter this week, though, Chris is a guy who wants to steal fans from lower division cities. So um, we we need to make sure we bring <laughs> It's written, <laughs> written by someone who is a massive New York Red Bulls fan. Un- under uh, his scarves, I've seen it. He has like a master plan. He's going to take down lower division soccer. In the that cracked me up. Uh, okay, so we've touched on – Slip just mentioned Red Bulls. Let's, let's touch on the league as a whole here. We're going to do another episode separately for everybody listening, um, going into detail on the opening match against uh, New York City FC this weekend. So that will be coming out a little bit later in the week. Um, here are just thoughts in general um, about the league as a whole. Um, so, I, I'm, you know, don't worry. That's coming. We promise. Ben will have content written. Chris was, I, I'm sure, will as well. And Slate will have his match previews out too. So all of that stuff is coming for the New York City match. This is just season preview. Um, guys, I know we kind of all threw out some thoughts. Uh I think we all kind of think the teams that were great last year are going to be great again this year, right? Philly and LAFC look to be two of the better teams in the league. Um, I think some people had Cincinnati up in second. Is that right? A few people did. Okay, yeah. Um, I had them in third. I think I had them in fourth. Um, Seattle, I think. Austin, those are pretty good teams in the West. Um, We think Austin can back that up, uh, the kind of level of play they had last year. Maybe. I mean, I think they've made some interesting additions. Like, I think Jossie's artist is better than they've had at striker so far. Um, I, I just think they they overperformed so much last year. And I, I don't know. I think they have good pieces, but it's just hard for me to see them overperforming like that again. Maybe they take a step forward and just actually play better. But yeah, I think very I, I just, similar to what we're saying about Hani. If if Triusi can be him again, right? Like, well, I mean, he overperformed significantly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know, but that's what uh, two years ago we were saying. I think this is an overperformance for Hani Mukhtar. 
if he backs it up again and he's that guy, well, it's like, okay, then the outlook on this team looks a little bit different, I think. I, 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 they're one of the teams I'm most interested in because I could see them being really good or kind of coming down to earth and kind of reality catching up to them a little bit. So I could go either way on them. Uh, Eastern Conference, who else do you guys have up top? I know it was pretty much Philly all the way around. New York City FC, I'm assuming, second? No, I mean, I don't have New York no. City FC making the playoffs. We'll get into NYCFC in the preview. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty high I, on Red Bulls, though, the other side of New York. Orlando. Oh, that that might have been Orlando, what I mixed it up in yeah. the thing, yeah. Okay. Orlando as well. Yeah, Orlando yeah, had a really good offseason. They, I mean, they, they did really well, like, taking swings with some of their U22 spots. Um, I think they were already, you've seen kind of Oscar Pereja start to turn them around a little bit, but some of the signings they made in the winter were really interesting. I just, I don't know. I just have trouble seeing an Oscar Pereja team being really bad, especially with, with the ambition and the moves they've made. Uh, Okay. Who we got it for the MVP guys. I got Sebastian Giriussi. Oh gosh. uh, Are you going to laminate that? I'm not gonna laminate that. Um, no, I could see Driusi. I feel like he he came at, he went out of the season feeling like he let it slip away at the end, and I think that's gonna be a big motivator for him uh, to try to go come out there and win it this year. I had uh, Lucho Acosta for Cincinnati. I mean, he had some of the better chance creation numbers all last season. Um, I think he's he's one of my favorite players to watch in MLS, and I I also. I had Cincinnati in second place, and I have Brandon Vasquez as my uh, as my Golden Boot winner. So I had I, Vasquez I, as my Golden Boot as well. So I, I, as, I as well, yeah. Damn, so I, I here. really <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're gonna look either super smart or super dumb here soon. I would bet on the oh, Nashville SC uh, legend. Yeah, <sighs> Jeez Louise, talk about what could have been. But yeah, I think if if he's banging in goals, it makes sense that the guy who was setting him up and probably scoring a, a decent amount of his own is going to get the MVP. Chris, your MVP? I, I had Vasquez winning. Vasquez. I, I think as much as we talk about MVP being a narrative award, if Cincinnati ha- is, you know, second in the East or third in the East, where we're all kind of predicting them, and as great as their offense looked at times last year, Vasquez is going to be scoring goals and he's going to be spearheading that attack. I think he's going to have a lot of people kind of trumpeting his cause. Yeah, I also think Brenner leaves in the summer, and I think both Acosta and Vasquez are going to pick up that workload there. Yeah, I think it's a bit odd. None of us have Hani Mukhtar even in the convo for either of those two. Um, I, I don't know. I get it. It's hard to back it up, but guys, it's been the best player in the league for two full head. seasons. Has, has there been a back-to-back MVP winner? At least in recent recent years? Not in recent years. I want to say... Whew, I'm going to have to look that up, but I do not Yeah, I don't know. We don't have one in recent years. Donovan, maybe? I was thinking Donovan. Did Robbie Keane ever win it? He, I think he won it one year. Okay. Yeah, Jovinko that, that was, didn't win two in a row? Which would have cut into Donovan. Jovinko did, did not did, win no. two in the road, no. Okay. It may have been Donovan. But he had two pretty monster seasons in a row, right? right. Like, yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it would be hard to do. That guy might be able to do it, man. He's that good. So uh, we'll see. Um, 
I mean, teams, I, you if, think, Nash, if National makes top three, I think he's going to be in the conversation for sure. Sure. I th- he must be, right? Uh, yeah. Either that or they go out and sign a forward who's coming in and bagging double-digit goals in well, the last half of the season. Speaking of, the best comment we got on the fan survey is, I can't wait for the summer when my girlfriend leaves me for Nashville SCDP <laughs> Olivier Giroud. Yeah. We've only had one player that has won the MVP twice. Twice? And like, not even Have consistent. we named him? No, and I would Frank. be willing. Yes, I oh was about to say. I was, I was going to say. I bet a large portion of the fan base have never even heard of him. And he didn't even win it twice in a row. He just won it twice. Yeah, he won it ninety-seven and two thousand three. There you go. No wow. one else says. Damn, won that's it. a big gap, boy. Holy cow! Yeah, I mean, and Mukhtar's already kind of. I would say he's getting into the conversation with some of those guys. I mean double-digit goals in back-to-back season. I think there are 14 others who have done that. I mean, yeah, if, if someone's going to do it, I would. I think he has as good a case as anyone. Guys, a team you think is going to struggle this season. Uh, it seems like New York City FC uh, is a shared opinion. Uh, we've we've kind of already touched on that. Anybody from the Western Conference? Minnesota. Yeah, uh, there's Minnesota. Big questions about, yeah, there's big questions about Emmanuel Reynoso. How does is old boy gonna... keep his job there in Minnesota? Uh, yeah. Because he's also the GM, and that's when you good figure, job security, he, that's that's a good plan. Yeah, and I believe he may be the CSO as well. Like he okay. he he is very involved and very plugged into that organization. So they've also been getting, fairly decent, though. Like when Reynoso's I mean, yeah, playing, yeah. But but well. isn't that the opposite of like that? What we're saying is is Nashville's got to be more than a team that's just okay with being fairly decent. But we're saying this guy just has basically unlimited job security because that may, that may have been, been fairly. That may have been underselling it. I mean, I think they've been like with Reynoso. I think they've been like people would call him a dark horse. Like going into the season, I thought they were pretty good at, for stretches last year. They but almost now, made MLS Cup final the two years ago. Yeah, but it would be like if if Hani Mukhtar was back in Germany dealing with a bunch of legal issues. How would we talk about Nashville SC? It's basically that's sure. what's happening in Minnesota because he pistol whipped a thirteen year old. Not a good look. No, and hasn't a shown up. For, and hasn't I mean, he's, shown he's up. He's suspended without pay for by MLS because he yeah. just didn't report to preseason. Adrian Peterson sees nothing wrong with this conversation. <laughs> From Adrian Heath to Adrian Peterson, real quick there. That was uh, good. That's the breadth of uh, expertise that you get here on Speedway Soccer. Um, Supporter Shield MLS Cup winners, guys. We'll finish it out with that. Um, Let's start with Supporter Shield. Um, I've got Philly. I just think they're going to be that good. I think Jim Curtin's as good of a coach as there is in the league. Hopefully, we'll have a chance at being the U.S. men's national team coach. So maybe you won't have to face him too too much longer at Philly. Um, but I think between them and LAFC, it's it's one of those two teams. Anybody else? I mean, Cincinnati. Some of you guys have Cincinnati in second. You think they could be in competition for that? No. Uh, not for no. not for supporter shield, but I, I have think. Philadelphia winning it, and I think Seattle is probably the the second I would go with. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. So yeah, I've, I've got Philly winning. Philly winning both, and the good thing for Philly at least is you think up and down that starting eleven, and really there's not much that they could lose in, in a transfer window um, in the summer, other than. Um, not blanking on the left back's name. Kai Wagner. Uh, Kai, Kai Wagner. Kai, yeah, Kai, Kai Wagner, who still can't get a move for who knows what reason. But other than that, the rest of the roster 
looks penned to stay in for at least another year or two. So I don't think there's going to be any drop off with them. They were inches away from winning a double last year. Yep. They've got to be the favorites this year. I'm right there with you. I think they're going to be a good team, man. And I think it's just, I think pretty much everything is theirs to lose. Like we said, anything can happen in a knockout tournament, but I mean, I think they're the team to beat clearly uh, in MLS this season. I think that's going to put a button in it for this episode of Speedway Soccer. Uh, guys, we've got some more information coming out this week. Um, another episode previewing home match, uh, the man in black match, right? Pretty cool kits. A lot of people are excited about them. New look for Nashville SC. Um, so that'll be fun just to kind of see it trotted out for the first time. Weather's looking decent, right? Like mid fifties or something like that. So chance of rain, chance of but, rain. Of, but of course uh, would be a Nashville match without it. So, um, yeah, so I think, uh, going to be a good time. I am hoping I will be back, uh, from Chicago in time for it. It looks like I will be, um, that's the goal at least. So that being the case, we're going to put a pin in this episode. We'll be back with more information, both written and via podcast later this week. Chris Ivy, Ben Wright, Jonathan Slape with me tonight. All the other guys from Speedway Soccer, we appreciate you listening. And hey, it's going to be an interesting season. Um, we look forward to interacting with you more this season. I think your reactions to the the fan survey that we put out uh, just a few weeks ago were just, I mean, they blew us out of the water. Your thoughts were great. We want to get you involved as much as possible. We're figuring out ways to do that as often as we can. So keep our fire uh, feet to the, the fire this season. Uh, call us out when we're wrong, which is quite often. Um, and uh, look, we look forward to it. Going to be a fun season. Going to be an important season and a lot on the line for Nashville Soccer Club this year. We'll see you soon. I'm Davey Shepard. Take it easy. They call that going full shepherd on the podcast is when I, I butcher one of my lines <laughs> like that. Never go full shepherd. No. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count.